arriving in U.S. mail from St. Louis in the original de Havilland DH-4 biplane and 10 bulky gunny sacks are the combined audiobook renditions and supplemental background information as presented in podcast form by moi, me, Robert P. Fitton. Good evening to one and all, wherever in the galaxy you make your home. I run because it is now unmistakably clear that we can change these disastrous and divisive policies only by changing the men who are now making them. Robert F. Kennedy, March 16, 1968. Dr. Raymond Nankiewicz. Dr. Raymond Mankiewicz, I see you've made a return to Storybrook Junction. Well, the fourth book in the Patch Kincaid series is much too important even today to not comment on it. Why is it more important than JFK's assassination or the Garrison investigation? Listen up. I don't discount those events. They too change history. But let's take a look a little closer at where this book begins. In the fall of 67, in the words of Bob Dylan's song, Ah, but I was so much older then, I'm younger than that now. Why do you say that? I have a different attitude now, having survived my time with Patch. You see, the title of the last book is called American Injustice, which is followed by Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy. Vietnam should be subtitled or added to the title. Vietnam would never have happened if Kennedy had lived. The decision by JFK had been made and in the process of being implemented by Secretary McNamara and others and codified by McGeorge Bundy's and Kennedy's NSAM 263 in October of 1963. How does this book address this change? Patch and I were on our way to Vietnam at the beginning of the book. Why was that? Commander Beauregard had just been imprisoned in an American jail, which was a stinking pit. Here we get into the two major themes of the war in the book. Young American men drafted against their will and mowed down in Southeast Asia. We experienced that nightmare firsthand. The death and destruction and atrocities carried out in the name of freedom was disgusting, and Patch was in the thick of the assassinations. How would things be different now if these things hadn't have happened? Vietnam was a stain on the American psyche, a stain that brings shame and guilt. Societal norms were diminished, and further, with the assassination so cleverly carried out, that exacerbated the horror. Without the execution of our beloved and competent leaders, our political and social ideals would have been proudly elevated. So I guess the word important doesn't begin portraying the enormity of how our history was annihilated. We're the ones left to deal with it. Ah. I see that retrograde is about to begin. Godspeed, Ray Mankiewicz. When I was 16 years old, I sat with a three and a half inch reel-to-reel recorder, hardwired to the speaker in my parents' portable TV. Robert F. Kennedy was going to announce his candidacy for President of the United States. I was a huge admirer of President Kennedy and affected deeply by his assassination. Yes, I heard the words of Senator Robert F. Kennedy and soon realized that his words were poignant. And yes, And more than that, I distinctly remember feeling the passion and call for justice in RFK's announcement, the same way I felt about President Kennedy. I still have that three and a half inch reel supplanted by video digital files. And when I hear Bobby Kennedy's words, I feel the passion and justice, but now there is a sweet sadness that will never go away. With Martin Luther King, the process for me was like a slow drumbeat. As I grew into adulthood, it became clear to me that Dr. King challenging the insurmountable forces was nothing short of breathtaking. 
In the 1960s, day after day, month after month, reports of civil rights marches, protests, denial of rights, and killing was a numbing process. I watched the August 1963 March on Washington and listened closely to the flourishing rhetoric of Dr. King in the I Have a Dream speech. And later I listened to his other speeches and read his statements about justice. I didn't understand the true nature of all these assassinations. This is what I learned as an adult and it detailed in the books using research in all three assassinations. Let me bring in the persistent prevalent emotion that I feel especially after researching the three assassinations. The emotion is anger, and that will never leave me either. Love is Strange is a song written by Bo Diddley and most known by Mickey and Sylvia's rendition, although I like Buddy Holly's 1957 recording. And Love is Strange. It was most difficult to credibly bring Natalie and Patch together. Patch still had hopes of returning to Apex Junction to Sherry and the boys. I constantly was looking for an opportunity as the book progressed and even feared that I wouldn't be able to credibly develop the relationship. Ah, but I found a way. And what I developed was what the book required, as did Patch and Natalie's own journeys. I did not absorb emotionally when I first heard that someone within my town had been killed in Vietnam. In the mid-60s, we used to play touch football out on the street, holding up each game as a car went by. Today that game would be impossible with the traffic. One of the kids just down the street would show up when we got a game going. I remember his smile and his friendly attitude and how he could catch the ball. Like many of my generation, primarily African American, were drafted into the service to fight 10,000 miles away for a spurious cause. I never saw the kid who could catch the ball again. He was drafted and returned to the United States in a body bag. He's buried in Arlington and is commemorated in the final patchbook in Vietnam and later in the book. Writing these scenes was not easy and the audio required many takes. Rest in peace. Robert P. Fitton. From Billy Joel's Goodnight Saigon. We had no cameras to shoot the landscape. We passed the hash pipe and played outdoors tapes. And it was dark, so dark at night. And we held on to each other, like brother to brother, we promised our mothers would write. And we'd all go down together. We said we'd all go down together. Yes, we'd all go down together. My books that are available in paperback, Kindle, and audio at www.fittenbooks.com. You can listen to all my audiobooks on audible.com. Just type in Robert P. Fitton. Thank you and good night.